Hey guys, welcome to the 4 to 9 podcast. I'm 9. I'm 4. And I'm 2. And today for this week's episode, we'll be talking about a very heavy debate question between our two hosts right here, 4 and 2. And today's debate question is going to be, should everyone learn how to code? Mm-hmm. Now, we all know, uh, if you guys don't know, we're all kind of heavily ex- ex- uh, experienced in the coding field program. You know, we're software engineers. We're software engineers. You can just come out and say it. We're <laughs> software engineers. We've programmed. <laughs> it is our not only our job, but our hobbies, and we enjoy it. It's in our and blood. It's in our blood of this case. And uh, we, we all thoroughly enjoy it. We have our quarrels. We have our issues. But at the end of the day, we'll still do it again and again. And But the question is, we on first hand have seen many of our colleagues, our friends, even family members uh, sort of have an interest in coding and in programming in general. And some of them do it because they want to follow the same career paths. Others do it because they just want to kind of like dabble in the hobby, mm-hmm. right? So we thought about this question for a while and we decided to spin it to for you guys as a debate question this week. And pretty much it comes down to should every person, an average person, for example, a student or such, should learn at least the basics of coding, right? So, four, would you like to tell us your your view on that? Question? Well, before that, before that, before that, before four goes in and does anything, right? This isn't despite his debate point, but um, can you define for us so that we're just clear, all, all on the same page here? What are the basics? Okay, so that's a that's you know fair. Uh, the basics would be, I would say, understand like simple. Uh, I would say basic scripting would be kind of ideal. I'll put that in like mm-hmm. Python, maybe a mm-hmm. little shell script, understand mm-hmm. variables and conditionals and loops. And uh, and maybe I guess you can even plug in like very basic te- uh, classes. Uh, but so would you say like just logic? Yeah. 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 I would say oh, I like think, I logic. think for me, I think for me, someone who I would consider knowing the basics would be able to like open up Python and like read data from a CSV, manipulate it, and then write it to a CSV. Like I think that would require pretty much all of the basics. Like if you can pretty much read write from a file like that, I would say you know basic programming. And like in a lot of situations, that's probably enough. But interesting because yeah, I had a basic. different I had a different view of the basics, right? Yeah. What do you um, think? I was viewing the basics more as someone who has knowledge of discrete mathematics, right? Yeah. So, and, or, exclusive, or, uh, union, uh, intersection, that was what I considered, like, I would say the basic basics, right? I mean, you can group that up in logic, if you think about exactly. it. Exactly. So, it's essentially so, logic. I, I say my point of view, right, is more if the programming mindset, right, that I think... Okay. Which I think, I th- which I think, incorporates a little bit of both of your views. It's kind of like the logic, right? But also, they can pick up. They have like the one practicality. Yeah, they can pick up one language that they're pretty strong. May that be Python or Java, but it's usually one, and they're pretty good. And they can kind of like do a basic, uh, uh like app with it, like very basic. That's what I mean as like the see, basic. If, if you if you can't apply the things you know and like actually write code, I mean, like right, think about this. Our, our topic here is should everyone learn how to code, right? We're not saying mm-hmm. should everyone learn logic, should everyone understand discrete math, it's should everyone learn how to code, right? So specifically, unless you can write useful code, like I wouldn't consider you someone that codes, right? Like that's just, that's based on what at least our topic is here. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. I just wanted to clarify that for my assumption purposes. But sure, go ahead and give us your view, just basic overview right now of 
should everyone learn to code? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that, you know, programming and technology and all of these different facets of, you know, computer science are becoming, you know, more and more ingrained in people's everyday lives. Um, I know a lot of you guys watched our last episode on IoT and smart home electronics and whatnot. Um, We talked a lot about that and how, you know, every day people are interacting with these devices. And, I mean, a lot of people have no idea how these devices work or the work, you know, the backbone that keeps them running or, you know, how devices are interacting or, you know, what powers them, the brains of those operations. And, I mean... I think if people understood like a little bit of the basics of, you know, how code works and how it runs and how to write it um, and how to make a computer do what they want, I think that it would really assist them in their day-to-day lives of just understanding the things around them, right? I mean, maybe not everyone is interested in understanding them. Some people might be okay with just using it, you know, calling tech support if it breaks, right? Googling stuff when they you know, need to set it up or whatever, or looking through the manual, but um, just having that little bit of, you know, expertise in how the devices work, I mean, I think that they're a big help in just, you know, using them and interacting with them in your day-to-day life, and, you know, for example, let's say that I ask Alexa a question, right, and just me being able to know that, like, okay, I asked her a question, it ran a function, right? Like, maybe you could, like, think about, okay, that's how, that's why it's taking so long to get back to me. Or, you know, just knowing that, hey, um, when I'm trying to make a request, right? Let's say you're using a Python request. Um, Python requests can time out, right? Knowing that when you ask Alexa something and you get, like, a communication or a network error, bam, you've seen that in code before. You've encountered that same error, right? They just explain some of these issues you might be having without you having to kind of do all this troubleshooting and whatnot. Um, so, I mean, I think that, you know, just, just in your day-to-day life, having knowledge on the devices that you're using and how they work and how they're built um, can be really kind of convenient and beneficial. But, I mean, outside of just convenience um, in knowing about the things around you, I think almost any job today can benefit from some degree of computer science knowledge and programming knowledge, right? I mean, think about it. Even if you're like an accountant now, Excel can do a lot of stuff for you, right? But, I mean, if you're able to, you know, run reporting by yourself with a Python script or, you know, maybe write... Or VBA uh, like, scripts if yeah, you're using Excel. Correct. Or even VBA scripts, you're right, even within Excel, right? There's there's so much more power that you can do. You need a function and Excel doesn't have that function built in. Guess what? Bam. Build it in VBA or build it in Python and let the Python script, you know, open up the, the spreadsheet you're working with, right? And, I mean, it's it's just so convenient to be able to do things like that. And, I mean, there's a lot of people that will do, like, oh, let me do a VLOOKUP or a pivot table or this or that. And, like, you know, some of these things can just be easily, easily, easily written and automated. And then, like, you don't have to worry about doing all this stuff manually, right? Generating these reports manually week after week. Guess what? You get the same report every week. You need to compile it into a different form or you need to generate something. Write a script for it. Hit one button and that's it. Your report is built week after week, right? Think about all the time that can be saved by just scripting some of these some of these like tasks away in the workplace. And then, you know, outside of even like, you know, getting rid of like uh, menial tasks like that, um, maybe there's issues. Maybe you want to like have an algorithm or a script that will detect... Uh, bad data or detect errors or just look for certain things, right? You can do that. 
And maybe someone no longer has to scroll through those things manually to find the errors you're looking for, right? You could save a lot of time this way. So I just think everyone, or at least a lot of people, especially in office situations, could really, really benefit from having some degree of basic programming knowledge in terms of being able to, you know, be more effective at their jobs. Um, and, you know, I don't want to put myself out of a job, but I mean, I think that <laughs> basic knowledge would go a long way in helping everybody. And I, I don't think personally that, you know, people having basic knowledge in programming would really affect your, you know, software engineering careers because at the end of the day, you know, your software engineers are going to have a much, much deeper knowledge and understanding of, you know, things like algorithms and data structures and time complexity and, you know, building things in the cloud and, you know, architecture. And there's just so much more stuff that goes into programming. And I'm not recommending that everyone learns those, you know, more in-depth features. Um, but, you know, just for quick automation, quick scripting, and just kind of making everyone's life better, I think that it would really be kind of nice. It would also make our lives better as developers, right? Because maybe our business units and clients and whatnot would understand what we're doing a little bit better. What would you say to someone who would say that you're, let's say like an accountant, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that having them kind of like, because I would assume that at least for that sort of line of work, uh, the younger generation kind of picked this up more. Yeah. And then the older generation kind of struggle with, you know, as we see mm -hmm. the older generation tends to have a more difficult uh, adjustment to, especially technology and not telling yeah. them the program could be difficult. What would you say to someone who's like, this can kind of like push away an older generation of like a workforce by kind of solely incorporating the need of program. I don't, I don't necessarily know that that's too big of an issue. You know, I think that knowing how to have a little bit of coding expertise is it would be attractive, no doubt for young people coming into the workforce. But um, I think anyone can learn it. You know, even if you're a little bit older and might have more trouble or don't have the quite, don't have quite the same amount of time. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, you will have other skills and experience that will kind of differentiate you between those young people. So, you know, I mean, you've been working on systems for 20 or 30 years. No one's going to understand that like you do, right? No mm -hmm. one is going to be able to come in. And just because he knows how to code doesn't mean that he can, you know, work with all of that content you've been working on for decades. So I think in terms of just you worrying about being out of a job because younger students or people out of college might have, uh, you know, more skill set in terms of their technical expertise. You know, I think that your raw experience um, as someone that's been in the field for so long and has so much experience um, kind of just outweighs whatever little bit of programming knowledge we're talking about here. You know, like I said, this is, I'm not, I'm not recommending everyone become a software engineer. I'm recommending, or I think it would be cool to see at least more people just understand how code works and maybe be able to write a little bit of it. Fair enough. So two, mm -hmm. what's your, our views on this debate you know ford brings up a lot of great points here right ford brings up a lot of great points for you know professionals and for people who are just interested in automating their lives in some way shape or form whether it's through like like the examples he gave accounting reports or through you know just day-to-day -day life tasks right yeah but i think right in regards to that automation process i think we've come a long way into having people not even have to interface with code, but to write their own automation scripts for them through like the shortcuts app on your iPhone, through the Amazon Alexa app, if you have an Amazon Alexa, through, I don't know if, if you guys have Macs, um, there was this thing called Automator, 
right? Which automates a bunch of your frameworks and mm-hmm. like windows and everything for you, right? Mm-hmm. All without touching code, right? And I bring this up because automation, I think, is key for the future. I think that's where majority of our value is driven as engineers is into automating tasks, automating jobs, automating the future, right? As much as we can. But even day to day, you still need the human touch and the human element to it, which is why it's very difficult. But in terms of should everyone learn to code? I personally don't think so, right? I'm in the boat of just people not necessarily learning how to code. I think coding would be the next step. Right above what I'm about to say is just general computer education knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. People assume based on the generations that and the technology that people are born into now, right? That another 23-year-old just like me knows how to use a computer, knows how to use a phone, knows how to use a tablet, knows how to do any of this, right? Yeah. You'd be very surprised about the people I've met. And you guys know, and you guys have met when we've tutored our very, very basic CS, uh, CSE class. I don't know if uh, you guys remember CSE 005, right? Mm-hmm. Some of these guys don't even know how to use a computer, right? But they're skilled in other regards, such as accounting or music or whatever it may be. But I think general computer knowledge and computer education is the way forward right now, right? Just because if you can't use Google, right? If you don't have the skills to use Google, you don't have the skills to install your own operating system or to troubleshoot basic technical problems yourself, right? Without the help of like Genius Bar or Best Buy's Geek Squad and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Then then I don't even see the point of you coding because for you to not even understand the computer or understand how that whole system is in place, that's my main issue. And I think majority of people we see, and, I've, and I'm working with a couple of people now too who... Not on my day-to-day job, but outside, who are my friends, right? Who, like, these guys are geniuses. One's going to be a lawyer, one's going to be a a doctor, right? But they need help on basic tasks on their computers, right? Mm -hmm. So the way I see the future really going is not in the sense of, should everyone learn to code? I think there needs to be a sense of basic computer education that needs to be taught first. Computer literacy, your base. Computer literacy. I think that's mm-hmm. the best term out there, right? I think putting computer literacy first before should everyone learn to code should be the key thing. Because let's be real, coding is great and all, but with all the advancements and technologies that we as engineers have made, it's to be honest, for a bunch of tasks that people would need it really day to day, you really just, that, that's done for you. You want to build a website? go to uh what's it called wix or something right you wanna you wanna automate some stuff on your computer hey automator sitting right there or you could download like uh some things from the internet right you want to write a bot that could help you score the next 3080 right selenium framework go look it up right and just download it and use it right so it's like there's a lot of stuff that's out there that's automation and that could be just done for you mm-hmm. that i don't think people would really need to learn how to code for that but i think computer literacy would need to be the key to understand that you have Automator, you have Selenium, you have the Amazon Alexa app or the Shortcuts app or any of this stuff, right? I think to understand computer literacy is the key here before getting to should everyone learn how to code. But that's just my view on it. So just to be clear, too, you're advocating not necessarily 
for the ability to everyone learn how to program, but even lower level or everyone just know how to use a computer properly and the and the right. knowledge from using that assurance. I mean, that, that makes sense. I, I can totally see your viewpoint on that. Uh, I think a really good example you keep bringing up is that we see a lot of intelligent people in many different fields, medical, uh, financial, um, you know, music, music, right. And they're really intelligent, right. They have amazing skill sets. They do some things that I cannot even possibly dream of. Uh, and yet they can't do simple tasks on their computer, like how to, uh, do a recurring email, how to, uh, properly set up, uh, what's it called? Uh, what's it called? Email, uh, what's it called? Uh, calendar events and stuff like that. You'd be surprised properly... how many people don't know the difference between 2CC and BCC on an email. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or even just properly Googling stuff. I think that's one of the big things you can learn as a programmer. But realistically, you learn that even more through, I guess, computer literacy. So I can see your advocation for that. Um, but I think it just comes down, we're going to have to just come down to the idea of computer literacy is. We, we, I think we can argue that computer literacy is something that should be taught more and should be approved over. Oh, yeah. But I think but I think the question comes down to, uh, like, four set, should we take it a step further and go to that coding route or stop it there? So I think this is where we're going to keep moving forward from this, right? Essentially, to will people agree with two? Like, we all agree. Computer literacy, let's, let's ramp it up, right? Let's teach it to everyone. But... I, or we have force point. Should we keep going? Teach everyone how to code, program. You know, you know teach them skill sets. From that. I, I do want to point out, right? Like, I, I I like that you brought up things like Automator and the new shortcuts features on mm-hmm. iPhone with the new operating systems, right? I think that the success of all of these other features will kind of show you exactly how many people might be interested in learning to code, but just you know haven't really been exposed to it, right? Because I would argue. If you understand how like those shortcuts features work and you understand how Automator works and you can use it well and properly to do and automate tasks for you, like you're already almost there, right? Like think about this. I agree. It's, you know, that's, hey, if this criteria is met, do this. Like that's like the fundamental of anything you've ever ever anything you ever write in code. It's, hey, when this happens, do this. Like, bam, that is any piece of automation code you'll ever write. Right, I agree. So, if you're able to to properly understand that 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 feature right there, you know, and like a lot of people have been able to understand those things. I mean, we can see just based off of the success of it. Like, you know, all of these new shortcut features that are on the new operating systems, everyone has been raving about them. Right, like every time I'm scrolling through social media, it's like, oh hey, use this cool shortcut, or like I made this cool shortcut, or someone did this, someone did that. Right, there's loads and loads of people using it and building it and, you know, kind of just like dispersing what they did to everybody else. Um, so, I mean, I think judging by the success of, of these automation tools, I think even though I agree with you in that a lot of people aren't, they don't have the computer literacy skills to learn how to code. And I didn't want to cut you off, but I, I totally understood what you meant when you said, you know, if you don't know how to use Google and you can't troubleshoot like an operating system installation, you know, you will have a very hard time coding, right? Because if you can't troubleshoot that error, how are you going to troubleshoot an error when, you know, you get a stack overflow or, you know, index out of bounds exceptions, right? I mean, it your troubleshooting skills are basic. And outside of computer literacy by itself, I think troubleshooting skills are another thing that are really lacking in a lot of people. So I can see what you mean when you say a lot of that. Um, 
However, I do think that for those people who have the potential and have those um, those like basic foundations in computing and troubleshooting and just understand how to use technology, I think that those people, they should really have the opportunity, you know, or at least more of an opportunity or maybe be pushed more towards at least learning basic actual writing of code. Um, and I mean, I think people who are interested in those things and are good at those things are more likely to even maybe pursue careers in software engineering and, and, and uh, you know, development to begin with. So I think if they just get a little bit more exposure or maybe a little bit more push towards the like a push. Yeah. Yeah. I think that might kind of help everybody. And for or, your point, right? Like I agree with exactly what you said there. Right. But the point I want to emphasize here, and this is not necessarily your view on it, or it might be your view on it, and correct me if I'm wrong here, right? Mm -hmm. Is that the way people are equating coding now, they're equating coding to a basic skill of like writing or like math, yeah. right? Or in some cases, depending on the country you're in, English, yep. right? They're equating it to that. And to be 100% honest with you, I don't equate it to that. I really don't equate coding to me writing or reading or math i really don't I, because honestly, i kind of do i feel like i don't know it's just at this point in my life like after you know we're in our 20s early 20s right so what i've been coding now since pff, end of middle school maybe eighth or ninth grade like that's when i started doing like scratch programming and stuff or whatever like i mean I, i'm i've spent think about this eighth grade how old was i 13 14 right i mean like 40% of my life I've spent learning about code and writing code or reading code. Like it's just so second nature to me now. Like, I don't know. Like I can, I, I feel like it's, it's almost like those other tasks, to, at least to me, for someone that's been interested in this stuff for, you know, a big portion of my life. And I think that was the key right there. What you just said, that one keyword of interest, right? Yep. I think that's the biggest thing. I think writing, math, reading, these are life skills. I think you can't be a person in the world without knowing reading, writing, or math, right? Yep. Period. End of, end of story there. But I think you could still be a person and a functioning member of society, right, if you don't know some science, if you don't know physics, whatever, if you don't know programming, whatever, right? Like <laughs> being a productive, functional member of society, I think is perfectly fine. And I equivalent the bare bones basics of that to just be reading, writing, math. Yeah. Right. I don't equate programming with that. And you right. Know, well, if if you think about it, I, I I kind of consider programming it's it's almost like a cross just between writing and math. Like it really is. It's you're just you're just writing math with English terms. Like that's it. Like it's, basically, it's, it's almost like a hybrid of mathematics and English. Um, and you know, if you if you want to think about it like this in terms of like a school subject, right? I think that programming could possibly be treated even as something like a foreign language, right? So for example, you take Spanish, you take English, or I'm sorry, you take Spanish, French, Italian, you know, Mandarin, Japanese, whatever, right? Um, do you need those to survive? No, you don't need those, especially, you know, in the United States, at least foreign language. Depen are yeah, not exactly. Required, I was going to say, depending on your location, right? Yeah. Those are not required by any means. You can, you know, know only English. Some people don't even read English or write English and can still get through their life just fine, right? But, um, in particular, your foreign languages like that, they're not, they're not totally required for, um, you know, being able to just be a functioning member of society and get a job and do things right. But however, 
schools still require them at least to a certain degree, right? You have to at least be exposed to it. You have to that maybe understand it, right? And I think maybe equating programming to something like that, or even if you give the option, right? Be like, hey, you know, maybe try programming instead of this or that class, right? And I'm not saying to get rid of foreign language, um, but, you know, maybe you give it an optional or treat programming as something similar where, you know, we want to at least expose you to it because it's so important going forward. I agree. And I think that's a very valid point you bring up, exposure, right? I think everyone should be exposed, right? I think it should be on the level of like, you know how we have like history lessons or science lessons and stuff like that, right? Yeah, yep. Like we don't go into the deep Newtonian physics of atoms and quarks and stuff like that in the physics class, right? Yep. No, we go we go into momentum and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's the same essential I think needs to be brought up in computer science is that exposure. Now, that's a different question entirely, right? Should everyone be exposed to programming, right? Mm-hmm. In this case, I would say yes. I think it should be offered as – now, you can debate whether it should be required or an elective. Mm-hmm. I would personally say it should be an elective, Yep. right? And I would put it as an elective above a required class of computer literacy, Yep. right? That's the way I personally would structure it, right? I would think, I think in at least the U.S., right? I know at least in 90% of U.S. high schools, right? You could forget about middle schools, elementary schools. That's still like bare bones, basic stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But like I would say in high school, Right. I would say that about 90 percent of high schools and nine, you can attest to this yourself. Right. Yeah. Going into high school and not having a computer science class. Right. Oh, yes, definitely. And in my high school, I was fortunate enough to have a computer science class, but I didn't take it. Right. Mm-hmm. It was not required. I didn't have to do anything about it. I decided to take a math class instead. Right. Yep. Which is fine. <clears throat> but I think the key there is that exposure, I think, should be given. I think everyone at some point during their educational career, their base education career from K to 12, should be exposed to a computer literacy class. Oh, and absolutely. I was, and I was exposed to this a few times, I would say, right? Yep. I remember a couple of times in elementary school, we had computer class and like we played like type to learn and stuff like that. I don't know if you yep. guys ever used yep. type to learn, right? Mm-hmm. But like we had like type to learn and we played these like fun games, like learning how to type and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I'm still a pathetic typer, but still, right? Yeah, no, I, I know then, that when I was in middle school, we had a uh, a computer education class, and same. it was very basic, right? They taught you how to do things like touch typing, and it was at this point where, you know, I was a big video game player for pretty much my whole life at that point, but, um, and I already knew how to type pretty fast, but, you know, understanding how to touch type, and like, you know, even though technically right now, I'm probably not touch typing, even though, you know, I can type well over 100 words per minute right now, um, I can't. It, it gave me, it gave me, <laughs> it gave me like that foundation where, okay, sometimes I'm sitting and I'm typing and I get lost or I lose my keys or whatever, right? One of the things that they taught me in that class that I still keep with me today is the little tick marks on the F and the J key, right? Yes. They help you recenter, right? So that class, you know, even though I'm not using the exact touch typing technique that they said, and I kind of just have a muscle memory of where all the keys are at this point, if I ever lose my track. I look for those little tabs, right? And that class kind of taught me that. So that was one little skill I picked up that I still use to this day from that class. And then outside well, I got of that, my next... outside of that, you know, that was the class where I got introduced to Scratch. And, you know, Scratch is really, really powerful for teaching people like that, that like logic, the predicate logic that we were talking about earlier, right? Where you can kind of 
define events, make triggers. You know, when you click this button, you know, he moves 100 pixels to the right on the x-axis, right? It's all visual. It's drag and drop. I think you can write code for it, but um, for the most part, you're just dragging and dropping code. It's like it's like you're making a video game, but with Wix or something, right? So um, it's that class gave me a lot of exposure to these things. And, you know, I think can't, I can't remember everything. Honestly, it was a long time ago, but those were the two big mm-hmm. things I took out of it were typing literacy, typing skills, and basic introduction to, um, you know, drag and drop programming, I guess, through Scratch. And I mean, that kind of mm. like fueled my drive going forward. Cause I mean, at that point in my life, I'm pretty sure I wanted to be a doctor when I was in middle school or, you know, a, a, a surgeon. God or bless you. <laughs> and, I mean, nope. <laughs> that exposed me more to computing than I had ever been before in my life. Right. And then that exposure, I took that into high school and luckily my high school actually offered a fair bit of CS classes. Right. So we had a very basic web design class, um, a very basic game design class, which was it, it's it used uh, I think it used this this software called Game Maker, which was it's almost like Scratch but more advanced, right? And we were a little bit of code now. It was maybe half and half, but still nothing too nothing too crazy. Um, and then there were a there was a very basic Java class for computer science um, and programming. And honestly, looking back, it wasn't all that great of a class, but um, at least it was there, right? And then as I was graduating and leaving, they were actually working on implementing an AP computer science class, right? So, I mean, the the actual curriculum for this stuff, at least in my old school, it was pretty robust, all things considered, right? Like, that was a fair bit of classes in a couple of different genres. Um, so, I mean, I was pretty, pretty happy that I got to be exposed to all of those different things. And, I mean, it's very possible that all of that different exposure you know, is the reason why I decided to follow the career path I did. So, I mean, what do you guys think? You know, I, mean, I, think that's, I think that's a great point, right? And I want to give Nine some room to give his opinion because I feel like he's moderating here when he should be getting involved in a discussion as yeah. another engineer, right? But I think that's a lot of key points you brought up, right? And I, all I'm going to say is that I just know what my next prank is going to be when I swap out your mechanical keyboard for a European mechanical keyboard of the same brand. <laughs> so good luck learning how to type with that thing. But Nine, what were you going to say? So I think one thing we should really uh, bring off from what you guys said, right, is the exposure versus, like, requirement. Like earlier when mm-hmm. Flo was talking about how he said he explained how everyone should learn code and stuff like that, how it would be good in industries like, you know, accounting and stuff like that, uh, it, it kind of sounds like it's a secondary skill set Mm-hmm. that should almost be slowly implemented, you know, because yes. it offers so much benefits, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, as two mentioned, and as you also partly agree, that's not the same thing as also increasing exposure. Increasing exposure can, you know, lead to it more jobs incorporating coding, right? But you can have you can have increasing exposure without the other. But if you have the other, it kind of messes all up. It, what I'm basically saying is that if if he follows four paths of increasing exposure, right? Having it applied to schools and, and, and the education system, right? We have to, it's a, it's a, it's a fine line from basically allowing these kids to learn coding to like requiring it for a job that didn't require it before, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I like, I think we all agree right now that increasing exposure for this kind of like what you said for like a secondary language is pretty beneficial right yep. and it just comes down to them if they want to apply it if they want to learn it 
that's all down to them. But you have to get really careful when you start saying, at least in my opinion, that it should be required in in not now more jobs than it did before. You know, you're slowly transforming the jobs that didn't require coding expertise now to now requiring them expertise, which is now additional well, skill set they let, have to learn. Let, let, I, I want to let two talk, but before we do that, let me ask you to refine my point. I don't think I was ever recommending that it be a requirement or that every job now require coding. I was just pointing out that every all of those jobs would definitely benefit from having some basic programming knowledge and experience. They're, they're an undoubtful benefit, but I don't think they should be a requirement. Um, you know, sure, but if, you, if everyone learns how to do it, then it's solely going to become a requirement one way or the other, if you think about it. Because it becomes so beneficial that doing the alternative is no longer uh, like an optimal path for the job. You know what I'm saying? It's sort of like having a, it's like sort of like think about back in the eighties or the nineties when there wasn't computers. Yeah. Right. And then jobs started getting computers. And like you said, computer literacy started to grow throughout the two thousand. And now you see jobs that require you to have computer literacy at some minimum to perform like secondary or like teaching, like these things didn't require admin, admin positions, which is what you're referring to, like support positions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm which saying, never required it before. That was pen and paper. Exactly. So, like, I mean, one can argue that maybe it's time for coding to be implemented, but like I said, it's a it's a very fine line to increasing exposure of programming to slowly having to push it into new fields. Well, here's the thing: if it gets to a point where jobs are now requiring it for fields that didn't previously require it. I mean, that would require a majority of people moving into that field or at least previously working in that field to have shown them that it's beneficial, right? So there's already been a transition at this point, right? It's not going to be required right away. People are going to come in with those skill sets and they need to show these, those workplaces or force those changes to happen, right? So, I mean, if the, if it happens naturally like that, and you know, out of a out, you know, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, companies aren't just saying, "Hey, guess what? Even though you never had programming experience to begin with, now we're requiring it." Like, obviously, that's a bad thing. But naturally evolving a work a work a work uh, like a kind of area of expertise or a job or a career, I don't see it as a bad thing. You know, if people are gonna become more skilled and be able to do more, I mean, I see that only as a pure positive. You know, like I said, it's I can see it as as being reckless and dangerous if you know all of a sudden you know tomorrow some workplace says hey all new hires they need to know how to program, but if it's naturally occurring and people are just learning and getting more skilled, you know I mean I think that's just growth. A hundred percent, I agree. It's just the problem is that we've seen businesses gone like the rec reckless and rushed kind of nature when it comes to these things. I'm not saying all of them do, and I'm not saying it's a guarantee it's going to happen, but there's definitely that possibility, right? So that's why when I say we should, everyone should know how to code, right? Mm -hmm. It's very dangerous compared to saying increased exposure. And you know, keep in well, mind though, even if they do go that reckless route, most of the people who are going to be who would be originally filling those positions will no longer be qualified, right? So now they're going to have a, they're going to be requiring a higher degree worker. They're going to need to get more. It's a more skilled person. And they're going to have to pay for that. So, I mean, you know, let me put it, let me, yeah, let me also just put it this way. Like, I think the main reason that we're talking about even this question, right? Yeah. Is the reason that this question has been so driven lately, right? 
um, is because, for lack of a better term, people assume that software engineers get paid a shit ton of money for just sitting at the computer and writing some code. Yep. Right? That's that's what I want to emphasize here as the base assumption, right? And let me tell you that, yes, you may have those engineers who are sitting at their desk writing code all day or designing or doing everything, right? But you have that in other fields too, right, with architecture and um, accounting. Music and music, accounting, you know, finance. You have these in so many other fields as well. But the point I want to emphasize here is that it's all it all comes down to what I think Four said the best, and that's one of his keywords I'm still sticking on here, interest, right? I think personally, I'm in that whole boat of like do what you love and like enjoy doing what you love, and then it won't feel like a job. Mm-hmm. And the money will always come, right? I understand in certain circumstances, you know, that's more idealistic than other circumstances, mm-hmm. right? But at the same time, I don't think you could tell everyone, okay, go learn to code and you're going to make a shit ton of money because you're not, right? Like, I I hate to burst your bubble, but if you're learning how to code to make a shit ton of money, right, you may accomplish that goal, right? And you, but will you be happy at the end? You probably get burned out super quick. Like, this is, and, you know, you may also assume that, like, coding, okay, cool, it's a nine to five job. I sit at the computer and get this done. Hell no, right? It may take you from nine to five to solve three lines of code, but between 2 a.m. when that thing hits you, you're going to log back into your computer, and from 2 a.m. to 7 a.m., you're just going to keep writing code because you got a sudden burst of inspiration, right? Mm-hmm. And I- so that really only comes from passion, from knowledge, from you know just loving what you do, mm-hmm. right? I could probably say the same thing about finance people or accounting people who can't solve this one weird accounting issue. And all of a sudden at 3 a.m. they figure it out and they hop onto their accounting software and get it done, right? I think it's really a matter of preference and interest. Mm -hmm. And now, but to force point earlier, do I think people should be exposed to it? Absolutely. There's not a doubt in my mind that I think everyone should be exposed to code, right? So how, how would you do it? How would you implement it? I think, you know, I alluded to this earlier, but... I would put it in the education systems, right? At least the way, at least I know the way the United States education systems are structured. I can't speak for our our international viewers here, right? So please take my word with a grain of salt. But the way I would really structure it is I would require between a K to 12, in the K to 12 education, I would require computer literacy, right? And then above computer literacy, I would provide electives for computer programming, right? Mm -hmm. If they want to go and involve into code. But how early? How early are we talking about that? You think computer K-12? literacy? Yeah. I honestly think computer literacy. I think there should be a computer literacy class. I think every, if not every year, at least at the bare minimum, every two years in elementary school and middle school, right? In high school, I think you should have one full year of a dedicated computer literacy class, right? Mm-hmm. And then computer programming should come as an elective for those who are interested. Because you can also have those students, like, I'm sure some of us will in some subjects be like, God damn, do I really got to take another year of this thing, right? Yep. So put them out of their misery, call it a day, let them go, right? I'm not going to say anything. But those who are interested, I would let them go and advance into computer programming. And then those who are super interested, I would put them further towards like we have an AP computer science course offered in the United States, yep. right? Across all the United States, right? It's called AP computer science and they teach it in Java, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's the basic equivalent to what we took as our intro to programming class in college, right? Yep. 
And I would push the strongest students and the most interested students towards that. Mm-hmm. Right. But at, and that's how I would ideally structure it. Right. But there is a caveat I would like to point out here. Right. Uh, being the idealistic engineer that I am. Right. I would also put some basic math requirements there, too. Now, you could tie this in with the computer science course and teach like discrete mathematics and, compu- and computer programming at the same time. <laughs> or you may require it as a separate course, right, before they could even take that see, class. See, I just see That's... one big problem with this, right? Like the moment mm-hmm. that you add more math to it, I feel like you've lost 85% of your high school population. You see, I hung out with nerds, right? I would take it more. But like, <laughs> that's just me. Um but see, now in computer programming, if you were to teach discrete, so then I think to keep mm-hmm. that 85% of population, right, to your point for yep. it, mm-hmm. I think you should tie in discrete mathematics with the computer science class yep. or computer programming class, whatever it is, right? And I don't mean, and people, you know, when you hear math, you know, people freak out, right? Like algebra, goddamn, yep. right? Yep. Like, or trig, right? I don't know why so many people had trouble with trig. I really don't get it. But like, what I would say is that Teach it within the computer programming class. Yeah, I agree. But have it not be, I guess, I understand, from, I see where you're coming from for, from all the conversations I've had with you in the past. Don't make it bland, right? Yep. There's little, there's literal application that you can li- show in a computer programming class. Like, hey, you know, here's some Boolean logic of true um, or true and false is equal to false, right? Yep. Am I getting that right? Yeah. True and false is equal to false, right? Mm-hmm. And then show that in the code. If true or false is boom, done. Got your answer. You know, and I, and I think I sent you guys this GIF a while back. Remember the or the video? Remember it was the uh, the two water fountains, and it was uh, used to explain truth. Whereas, like, if yes. if they're both yes, on yes, yes, and yes, they yes, reach yes, the yes. center, it's true, right? Like even things mm-hmm. like that, just a rep, just visual representations, especially for younger students who might not, you know, be quite as interested in this stuff as people in college who are kind of, you know definitely interested in it they're paying for it now yeah if you're if you're taking computer science and you're not interested in college you got to seriously evaluate what the hell you're doing because you're really paying for like you're really paying for that like he just wanted to dabble he just wanted to dabble in it yeah dabble on your own time don't dabble on three thousand dollars of credit dabble with a little credit that's what you want that's that's how you get a dangerous thrill to it yeah but i i think i think that term right the moment you associate it with oh my god math 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 it's like such a huge turnoff for a lot of people and mm-hmm. I mean, I think to learn to learn basic <laughs> programming, right? Like you don't need to know advanced calculus, right? Like you're not doing elliptical curve, you know, freaking cryptography stuff. It's you, you mean maybe you need to know how to add some stuff or do basic algebra and understand like truth tables. But so long as you can do that and you're capable of that, I think that you can learn basic programming skills, right? Like you don't really need more than that to be a basic programmer. Now, four, would you? I know two said like. Basically, have requirement courses for computer literacy and an electives for computer programming. Would you change the system to make computer programming an actual class and not an elective? So, like, like I said before, I think that you could really, really, really um, consider and compare uh, your foreign languages with your programming languages, right? They're, yeah. To me, their 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 use case and viability outside of school seem very similar, right? Right, it's very useful to know a foreign language. If you know Spanish, that is no doubt useful. Right? You I might... mean, to an extent, like 
You're not going to see me talking to you in C in real life, right? Well, of course like, you're That'd not, be pretty right? funny. You're not, that'd you're, be really funny. That, w- that would like, be funny. Well, I mean, sometimes we do like, it. We're nerds. But anyway, outside <laughs> of that, um, the use, like I said, I, th- I just think the use cases are, are very similar in that they assist you in life, but they're not required for life. And they give you an, a competitive advantage on any career you go for, right? So think about it. If you take Spanish, it's very useful in that, oh, hey, maybe you want to travel, right? Or maybe there's you're in a, a, a Spanish restaurant and you can you know read the menu better. Or let's say you're going for uh, a job that deals with a lot of international clients or you're in a heavily um, you know Spanish area. It's going to definitely help you. Right, no doubt that's going to give you a competitive advantage over people who don't know those things. Similarly, you're going for a job. Knowing how to code will give you a competitive advantage over those people who don't know how to code. Right, understanding computer science will help you once again in your day-to-day life. You'll have a better chance of troubleshooting your problems. You'll probably be more literate with all types of technology. Right, I mean, I would argue. Knowing and being very, very good at programming and computer literacy will impact your life more on a daily basis than having a second foreign language at a high school level. So would you say that it should be kind of like kind of a second language is kind of a requirement to have like one? Would you say a computer programming, maybe even a I very think, basic I don't, I don't, one? I, I, don't, I don't necessarily know because I still I still agree with what, what uh, Tu was saying before in that some people just aren't up for it or, you know, aren't ideal candidates for taking higher level programming courses, but maybe there's some way for them to have an optional requirement where you can sub things out, right? Maybe you can sub your foreign language requirement for a computer programming requirement, or maybe you can sub but out for math. one of your math requirements, exactly, for your Like your senior year math, instead of taking a pre-calc course, like in your senior year math, like yep. instead of taking a pre-calc course, take a programming course, right? Yep. And, you know, let's think about this for a second too, right? Like, if you're going to take pre-calc and you're going to need that credit for pre-calc, odds are you're going into a STEM field anyway. So you'll you might be able to either just test out of it or you'll probably come calc. across programming anyway later. Yeah. Yeah, like they're pretty they're pretty interchange they're pretty interchangeable. A lot of your STEM degrees, um, whether it be engineering, any any form of engineering now, any form of software, computer science, any cybersecurity, right? Like any medical, believe it or not, too. Yeah. I mean, in in our entry level classes, I mean, I'm sure you guys saw how diverse the majors are in like your basic programming course, and then similarly uh, in your in, in your like Calc one, and even Calc two, there are a lot of different majors and career paths that all require the mathematics. And I mean, I would say most of your STEM STEM degrees are going to require at least one basic programming class and and pre calc, right? So, I mean, you're just really just transitioning when you're taking it. I mean, yeah, that's fair, hundred percent. But Nine, what are your thoughts? We haven't heard much about your thoughts on all I mean, of this. You, you guys are hitting pretty much all the points, uh, especially with two saying it should be more about computer literacy, should be a main focus. While four is kind of dabbling in the whole, you know, allow allow the curious kids to really pursue it further. I, I think you know, with most things, it's got to be a really fair balance between the two. I think we can all unanimously agree that computer literacy is the foundation where all this comes from. Mm-hmm. And increasing computer literacy across all the school education system is just a big plus, no matter what field you end up going through. 
you know, because you're all going to use it. And with technology improving and the growth of technology and how important and impactful it is in our lives, it's kind of important to, you know, to include that as a form of education. I mean, even now, I'm, I always get amazed how young kids learn, like, competing stuff, if you think about it. I remember when I was, in, uh, when I was like, 12 and stuff, I, I barely knew how to, like, I knew how to surf the web, but I didn't know how to do, like, gaming very well. You know, it was, it was still kind of new to me. My brother is very young, and he can pick it up like it's nothing. There, there's babies, toddlers that can navigate an iPad like it, like it's second nature to them. Point, yeah, exactly. But what have they been all exposed to here? Touchscreens. Yeah. That's, I think, an interesting point you brought up too. And I think this is where a lot of computer illiteracy and computer misconception comes from is that because you have the ability to use a touchscreen and tap and tap and tap to get what you want, yeah. right? Yeah. Does not necessarily mean you know how to do the same thing on the computer. That's well, 100%. Well, you got you to also remember that these mobile devices, specifically what we're talking about here, are programmed by expert teams of UI and UX designers that literally made it so easy a child can do it literally so and that's not going to be applicable to every single software you come across they're just that sort of priority isn't a big concern you know like when you do like a taxing software or like even a normal web browser right sure they kind of want to make it easy for uh, someone to navigate through and get what they need to get done, of course, right? They're not going to make it a maze. But for certain things, you just can't simplify them that well. You know, you can't simplify tap the balloon mm -hmm. to make a pop game even more simplified. Mm -hmm. So, like, they're going to, these kids are going to be exposed to technology one way or another. It's better for the education system to really show the potential that this computer literacy can go. And also nurture that learning in a way where it can be beneficial for them to grow into, like Forrest said earlier, into an hopefully actual interest in the computer field. And it's, it's up to them to then pursue it if you want to keep going on. Mm -hmm. So what do you guys think uh, would actually be considered computer literacy, right? So what would that class contain? What would be in there? What do you guys think? I think the uh, it depends when you're talking about tier list like beginner intermediate senior go right? to a tier list start yeah start with the beginning go in beginner intermediate beginner it would just be a bunch of games honestly i'm talking <laughs> about like elementary right yeah i'm talking about elementary a bunch of games cool math games you know for all the ogs out there that know mm -hmm. what i'm talking about that's where this all start out let's be fair these kids have a very short attention span whoever remembers fun brain you are the man these these kids have a very short attention span right yep it, I'm, it's not ideal to teach them. Oh, here's the advanced tool settings in Google. Like it's not, it's not gonna, it's not gonna stick, right? It's just not gonna work out. I'm not saying we shouldn't teach them things useful. Of course, we can start them very easy with like, uh, like oh, this is how you look up Google. This is how you do images, yep. stuff like that. Yep. You know, stuff like that. But definitely be littered with like, uh, you know, eye-catching games and stuff like oh, yeah. that. Help. And just like games that can even teach even further computer literacy skills later on that can help them. Like uh, just like what's the what's the normal UI structure of like a of a computer? Like this is the file storage. It's always in the bottom left usually. Uh, this little icon means file. Like scroll really, bar. yeah, scroll bar. Like just just teach them in a really nurturing and kind of like slowly introducing the elements. Yep. Right. Then we get to intermediate. Right. Intermediate is where we, you know. But before you get into intermediate, by this point, what do you assume that they already know? By this point, I assume we know the basics 
blocks of what a computer is in a, on, a, on a modern OS has, right? Okay. Where, usually where things are, I would say. Like, they know most applications are on the bottom, right? They know that uh, which one opens up, you know, their, their internet, like which, which uh, what our browsers are, right? Which ones is their browser? Mm -hmm. They know uh, how to search things through their OS, right? Like, just press on the search button. And just basic, like, typing skills. Like mm -hmm. how to navigate the keyboard very well and, and sort of like tab goes to the next field. Like very simple things that should make their lives easier, you know, mm -hmm. to, with navigating. Uh, with intermediate, I would say possibly more into the realms of sort of like advanced Google searching. How to, how to search for like, you know, advanced, uh, like actual useful things like education, articles, you know, stuff like that. Um. And Maybe I do even that, that is the most underrated skill you can have. Yeah. 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 Absolutely the most underrated skill you can have because if you are really good at Google searching, I mean you could pretty much have any skill you want. Like there's Let me tell the you the world is your oyster. From, and let me tell you this from professional people I've spoken with. And I'm talking about professional attorneys, right? Who do like patent law. Yep. Right? Mm -hmm. He sits on Google Patents, bro, and pulls up everything. Mm -hmm. Like, seriously, it's Google that he's using. As an attorney, it, it's mind-boggling to you, right? But Or let's take another example. I read this article actually today for about image copywriting, mm -hmm. right? How are, they getting, how are they getting the information of who stole their images and everything? Google advanced image search. Of course. It's, just this, it's just basic, you know, this researching skills. It's not programming. It's literally just plugging an image into Google and hitting And, search. you know, it's even simpler than that, right? Like, I can't tell you the amount of times that, like, oh, you know, some family member or friend or whatever, their their phone isn't working, right? Or their app won't load or something. And like, they hand me their phone and I'm like, oh, did you try to Google it? And they're like, yeah, I couldn't find anything. And I look at the search bar and it's like, phone won't work. What do I do? And like, that's the search they had. And I'm like, that's not going to get you what you want, right? You need to understand what to ask Google to get the answers you want. And I think that that could probably be a really, really, really good stepping point for a intermediate computer literacy class. Mm -hmm. I mean, I hundred percent agree. That's, uh, I, I honestly think, like we talked about, uh, advanced googling or even like really knowledgeable Google search is pretty much the gateway to like any field. You think yeah. about it, right? Doesn't matter what your profession or your your what's it called career goes to, accounting, uh, um, law, doctoring, and especially programming. You all benefit from knowing how to utilize the skills and tools of Google and, you know, web browsers and, and the internet in general to your full advantage, you know? And that pretty much would be the intimate. It would yeah. be pretty much understanding what the internet can offer you, right? That would be the main goal of that, that, that realm. What, uh, what, what, uh, how do I Google stuff? What sort of like, you know, things that I say, like tips that we advanced internet users have learned, mm -hmm. right? Uh, over the years, we just teach them immediately, like stuff like how to how to see a certain link, you know, yep. instead of like some sort of like advertisement, you know. And also another important thing I want to point out, and this important thing, this is also where I start introducing slowly privacy, you know, concerns for privacy. I know we talked about this in our one of previous podcasts, yeah. you know, check that out. Uh, but you know, this is also where I was start introducing privacy stuff, kind of slowly like understanding them. Like if you search things here. Uh, you know, the internet would know exactly what you're looking up. There's a catalog. My, my, only, my only issue I'm thinking right now is 
I feel like we've now just talked about advanced Google searching and like privacy and stuff. And like, we haven't even introduced a topic like how to use Microsoft Word, like Microsoft. That was actually, my, ne- that was yeah. actually my next thing. That was actually my next thing to be like, very, it would okay. be like very basic Microsoft Word. It would be like how to use like documents, like how to open up a document. Right, because I, 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 would I think that those are, that. I think those are arguably, basic. you think that's basic? I mean, cause so here's the thing, right? Like, I, I, I feel like there's maybe multiple levels of basic, but you just can't fit everything in a single class, right? And for yeah. a lot of your students that might be in those early classes, you know, just, just using the computer and knowing how to type and, like, hand-eye coordination with the mouse, is, especially we're talking about young elementary school students, like, those things might take a while to master, right? I mean, I know a lot of a, a lot of oh, young kids and my cousins and whatnot, and, like, they just... It's they have a hard time with the hand eye coordination of the mouse and the keyboard and, and typing and but inter- intermediate would be in the middle school range. Yeah. yeah. But you yeah. think that's a that's an interesting point you bring up because I see computer literacy classes more <clears throat> in the sense of like you know, more deeper dives into this whole computer stuff and everything. But the way I see really, you know, English, math, science, whatever class you're taking in uh elementary, middle and high school. Mm-hmm. They already incorporate all these computer skills, right? Like in elementary school, I could tell you honestly, I was writing, I was, I wasn't writing my book reports, I was typing them, right? Yeah. So it was like, like but yeah, they don't teach you them. They, they kind of like, they kind of like enforce it. But well, it, they... see, I had a computer. See, but in my case, I had a computer class, right? Where yeah. we learned about type, where, where we learned about typing and stuff like that, right? Ah, but I didn't have you that see, class. The, the way that they did it for me, um, typically we would go to a computer lab, like, okay, we're typing our stuff up now, right? Because this was. You know, when I was in elementary school, it was probably like 2006 or something, 2004. Uh, yeah. It was, it, was, it was years ago. I feel kind of old talking about those years anyway. But um, You are old. You are old. Welcome. Getting, getting there, at least getting there. But, you know, what, what, regardless of when it was, we'd be in the computer lab. And, you know, at that point, I think not everyone had a computer at home still at that point. This was It was still where computing was relatively new, right? Anyway... We'd end up with um, one of the librarians or the computer lab technician, right, or whoever was there, and they'd be like, okay, all right, everyone watch, and then they'd show you all how to type and do things, and like, all right, go ahead, do it, just do it, and like, if you have questions, you ask. Like, it wasn't really a class per se, they kind of give you like a quick overview of how to do things, but, you know, it was just kind of play and figure out as you go, and I mean, luckily I was always pretty, pretty handy with it, so I never really had any issues, but I know some people struggled with it, so... I mean, yeah. I mean, it's uh, this is why I, I like I said the beginning phase will be a period of like five years. Yeah. Right. Intermediate will be more of a period of three years, and then you have the advanced, or I think what 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 two is really thinking about when you talk about computer literacy, right? Yep. It's really deep dive, troubleshooting, really fixing troubleshooting, issues. understanding and 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 reading errors, software installation, correctly. software installation, OS exposure, permission. Um, what's it called? permissions on how, how to properly display yep. and like exec permission and this is where you also get to the deep dives of privacy yep, right yep, yep really where you start narrowing down exactly you know even like basic even if you want to dumb it down to the basic levels what cookies are uh involved in and how that can evoke your privacy you know smart tips to these kids you know password managers you know keep your password to at least a, 30, a 15 character limit to demonstrate the strengths of having random characters all these simple things things i think we all picked up right in our college courses and through our own in self-interest should be taught to these kids and even if like let's say half or 70 percent of them 
pretty much don't care. Like they don't care about having strong passwords. They don't care about their privacy. They don't they don't care um what's it called? How to advance Google search, right? It's exposed to them. Just like a map, it's it was exposed to them. It's up to them to take that steps further yeah. and use the skills that they were exposed to and they were taught to their full advantage. Doesn't yeah. mean everyone's gonna do it, doesn't mean we're gonna solve the problem overnight, especially with the whole privacy thing. That's not how it happens. But we started a movement. We started the we planted the seeds for these kids, and eventually, and and just like with math, right? Some things will stake more than they even mm-hmm. think themselves, and that's how it all starts. And you know, some of these features, right? Like just thinking about this, for example, like that that deep dive into like Google research and whatnot. I mean, that's something yeah. that could be split up over a couple of years of oh, 100%. other classes, right? Like think about this. I don't even necessarily know if you need to put that in its own specific class, right? You do research all the time, right? So, for example, you have English. You write papers, right? You do research on those papers and you write it. You have to get bibliographies, right? You have to for think about like... MLA formats. Yeah. Think about like your history and, and, and uh, social studies classes also. Another thing, you're doing research for these papers, right? You have to find sources and, and cite things. And, you know, I feel like that right then, when you're doing these research papers, that could be a really good opportunity for these topics to be gone over and taught. And the only reason I say that is because we've we kind of like covered a lot of stuff um, and there's a lot to do. But I mean, school is already a very full day, right? Like students already have packed schedules. So I'm just struggling to see where all of these pieces could be fit into that school day that's already full. Uh, that's what- yeah, and to my, yeah. And like to my point earlier, too, right? Like this needs to be incorporated, not just in a dedicated computer literacy class, but taught continuously throughout other classes. Like yeah, the, the way I was English, thinking math it, and everything. The way I was thinking it was that those those classes you're talking about English, you know, research, you know, the reason I yeah. I said to still have a standalone literacy class is because then you they're they're sort of those classes are basically if you think about it homework, yeah, because you wouldn't really have homework for these classes, right? If you think about it, mm-hmm. you can for certain assignments sort of like uh like look up a research paper or like uh like read this doc uh, doc article on privacy and like write these five simple questions yep. answer these five but like realistically it'll be a class that really really enforce a, like a big heavy work policy like homework policy because like mm-hmm. you said already it's already full school day i'm not trying to kill these kids yeah um but that's where the that's where the other classes come in that's where research english math even comes in because they're enforced through other classes yep naturally You're right. and that's why i still think that it should be implemented as a standalone class you know, have just introduce like we talk about this. This is just all about exposure, exposing to them, showing them the steps, and then let them see themselves na- naturally yeah. apply them. Yep. No. Very, 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 very true. So, I mean, I think we made some really good progress today um, in this discussion. I mean, I think we're pretty much left on the point that everyone should get exposed. Everyone should receive computer literacy classes. Um, and, but should everyone learn how to code? And and yeah. and, th- and those people who are interested in taking it further should have the option. They should always have the option to do it if they want to. Um, Agreed. That at I a think very I... bare minimum, I think we've at least met met at that common ground. Hundred um, percent. I think we so, all agree. I mean, what do you guys think, these. all of our all of our viewers out there? Um, let us know what you think on maybe you know DM us on Instagram, tweet at us, leave some comments on the videos and whatnot. We're interested to see what you, where you guys stand on this debate. Um, but on that note, we are out of time for today. Um, so we hope you all enjoyed listening to us on you know this week's episode of Should Everyone Learn to Code, which I guess turned into a just kind of open discussion on more computing education. Um, 
and we will see you all on our next TechCast Friday. Have a great start of your week, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye, guys.